chugging along, writing a song when something special comes along. It's a long-winded directionless discussion for conversationalists. You bring the wit, you bring the brains, and we'll talk it over between takes. Welcome to Between Takes with Opal Entertainment. We are your hosts, Olivia O'Neill. And Aiden Driscoll. And we have a lot of conversations. One of our favorite things to do is have lengthy convos with interesting people. So we started a podcast. On this podcast, you can hear us talk about the process of our writing and the inspiration that we find in music, movies, and art that intrigues us. Our conversations may range from just a random story about a trip to the grocery store to exploring our purpose as humans in a very existential way. One of our hopes with this podcast is to expand our community. We hope to have guests hear from our listeners get you involved in things we think are important. So tune in for some conversations from a couple of kids who think they know better. And sit back and enjoy this week's episode of Between Takes. Want to know what my favorite part of Godspell is? Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. One of my favorite parts of the movie version is... Um, um, what is it? <laughs> the whole movie's great, but... um. Can you talk for a second? We've got to set your level. <laughs> <laughs> check, check. How, um, how loud are you going to talk? Probably, well, then it gets loud and then it gets quiet. I don't know. Check, check. We should probably set this before. Oh, here check, we are. Check, 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 check. Ha, 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 Are you going to make me laugh? I don't know. I sure hope so. Doubtful. you have any funny ones? No. <laughs> okay. Hey, folks. Welcome back to the show. This is Between Takes with Oval Entertainment. I don't know. I don't have to introduce it. We had a whole intro thing that describes what the show is so you already get the gist of what we're going to be doing um but a more specific uh uh project we will be attempting to tackle today (laughs) why are you chuckling so much this is a lot of words this is not typically how we start our episodes but we're going to give it a shot Mm -hmm. um we are going to be uh hearing Liv's top 10 favorite books of all time uh i did my top 10 favorite albums a little while ago, mm-hmm. and Liv's been working on her top 10 list, uh, but she realized doing top 10 books was a lot easier, so we're going to do that now, yeah. and then we'll still get to her album at some point. Well, and I just also wanted to mix it up a little bit. Right. Do something She's different. one of those people who's like, let's diversify. And I've been wanting to do this, yeah, for a while, so this yeah, is kind of Yeah, she's cool. read more books than me, so it kind of makes more sense for her to lead a chart. <laughs> do you have any, like, when we did um, the episode with your top 10 albums, I guessed them. Mm-hmm. Do you have it? You probably won't be able to guess all of them, but do you have any guesses of what will be on the yes. list? And is my face, like, do I say that is on the list? You you say what number of the, the what percentage that got correct. Oh. But you don't have to say which ones they are okay. or anything like that. Okay. All right, so in no particular order, we have Plato's Republic. And that's it. That's the only guess I have. <laughs> well, I can't well, say that. Um, Gone Girl was the other guess. Who's that? By? Have you ever read Gone Girl? No. I kind of doubt you have. Aww. I think that's the one about the girl who, who murders her. Oh, no, 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 no. She, I think my mom read it. She she frames her husband for murdering her, but then she fakes her death and all that. Interesting. I don't remember why. Yeah. Anyway. Huh. I, well, was, I guess we'll see if that's in it. Um, I'm going to guess the Bible is on there, too. Oh, Oh, Liv. I thought we were doing one of those, like, that was implied, now in the top ten. <laughs> should I have put it on? What do you think, Liv? Do you think you should have put it on? <laughs> do you think your salvation is dependent on having the Bible in your top ten favorite <laughs> books of all time? This is also, like... Oh, we're diverting that question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's scary to say of all time. I guess thus far. <laughs> I hope right. that I hope it. Okay, changes. we'll say of this time. Of this. Time. Of right now, today. These are my top books. Yep. You just want to jump into it? You're gonna go like ten to one, like I did. I was gonna. I have two tied for last, and I was gonna like think about it as we went. For la- like the ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But well, I'll just pick it now. Well, maybe it'll be a double. Okay, okay I'll start tied out with. At, at ten and there's nine. two. It's okay. kind of like a baker's dozen, but <laughs> with not a dozen with. There's, you get one extra. You get a baker's nine, but it's actually ten? Or you're saying 11. you have eleven books? I have eleven. Is one of them the Bible? <laughs> no. Okay, then do a baker's dozen, but it's actually just a dozen. <laughs> okay, the Bible. The somewhere in The Bible is in there. In there? Is not the top. One? Okay, okay. Sorry. you're making me sorry. sound bad. That's a joke. Um, so sorry, you have eleven books with the Bible implied. Yeah. Okay, and then tied for ten, you have two. Is that it? Gotcha. Yeah. So we'll just do the tied for ten. Ten yeah, two of them. Okay. <laughs> I have Fahrenheit four fifty one by Ray Bradbury. Have you ever read or heard I have of that not book? Read it, I, I might have told you about it. Yeah, I've heard it's a dystopian that. novel um that takes place in a city where um no books are allowed. And there's like these firefighters that are in charge of put setting fires. Mm-hmm. Like they're not in charge of putting them out. Um they set fire specifically to burn books and stuff. Right. Gotcha. And sometimes it's like to whole houses and like mm. everything. And sometimes you end up like hurting people and everything for the sake of. They're trying to like getting ban knowledge and truth and basically yeah. that vision. And then it, so it follows this firefighter who like basically is in that job and, and changes his way and like his thought process because mm. he realized he's like, this is insane. Because it start, I think mm-hmm. he might have hurt somebody or almost hurt somebody, like mm-hmm. killed them in the fire. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget exactly. It's been a little bit, but I just like the way it's told. I have a few. It's funny. Dystopian novels are kind of s- sad and sometimes like a little on the nose, little cl- close to home <laughs> yeah. sometimes, or at least can make you like think of things like that. Mm-hmm. But I find them really interesting, and I feel like um, I like fiction. A lot, um, but sometimes I like things to have uh, a sense of reality and, and a sense of like exploring a thought through mm-hmm. fiction, if that makes sense, uh, or an idea through fiction, not just fiction for the uh, sake of like creating another world. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like, I have some of those on here too. Just real quick, but I remember that's one of the things I like about this. Do you have book. any C.S. Lewis on there? I do. Okay, because that's kind of, I, I, C.S. he kind of does a similar yeah, thing. Yeah, it's his like. Stuff. You take it, you can tell when the writer has like this idea or thing that they're exploring and they're exploring it through a character in a world. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. And that's why I really like this book. Um, The other one was The Odyssey by Homer. Mm. Um, I love It's an epic. Yeah. It's an epic poem. I think most people, it's a classic. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I had to put it on here because it was one of the first. big like epics that i had ever uh read mm-hmm. not written did you read it when you were like eight <laughs> no but you read it under like, the age of like 12 didn't you i don't remember you but did. somewhat somewhat but anyway. um you know it's just the writing st- i like the writing style um the story's cool and whatnot have you read the iliad yes i have not read the aeneid though that's a different thing, but I mean the Iliad is the is the. It's Iliad epic. Odyssey, isn't it? The Aeneid is a totally separate. 
cast of characters in mythology, I think, isn't oh, it? I forget. Yeah, the Iliad and the Aeneid are both following Odysseus. The oh, Iliad is like him going to that fighting in the Trojan right. War, the Trojan Horse, all that. Odyssey is him returning home and like yeah. Poseidon and all that. Yes. But anyway, yes. Sorry, I think the yeah. I like the Odyssey a lot better than the Aeneid than the Iliad, but I don't know anything about the Aeneid really. I think that's okay. But anyway, sorry, yeah. so yeah, the Odyssey. So that's another one on there that I just feel like I had to put on because it just feels like a really like maybe it's mostly I mean it's a good work but it's also just like uh, sentimental to me because it feels mm-hmm. like one of the biggest one of the bigger works I read. I, I just remembered another one. Okay, you go can, ahead. You interrupted me a couple times. When I, just I know. Go so for I it. Is Anna Green Gables on there? I'm not gonna tell you. Oh, it is. I can't tell I'm you. I'm making that guess. Yes or that no. Green Gables. So sorry, I'm just revising my guess. It's not fair. I'm sorry. You were revising your guess. I included like oh, yeah. get fifty percent by adding Lord or sixty percent by adding Lord. So I'm just revising my list real quick. Plato's Republic, Anna Green Gables, and um probably Mere Christianity is a C.S. Lewis that's on there. It's probably Mere Christianity or the Screw Tape Letters. Those are my guesses. Should I'm I tell gonna... you how much is right? Sure. <laughs> no. sure. Um, no. It's just How, one of them, right? Of what? Of what I just said. Republic. Plato's Republic, Anna Green Gables, Screwtape Letters, Mere Christianity. You got two of four. Do you have multiple C.S. Lewis on there? No. Okay, sorry. Keep going. So that's ten. That's tied for ten. Mm-hmm. Good choice. <laughs> My mom's texting me, and she just sent me, like, how many? Ten. Just ten texts? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Sid, just... <laughs> think it through <laughs> no i was really helpful stuff i was asking her questions but it's that's just a, funny because my phone just keeps going bzz, bzz. that's so, a really good impression of phone <laughs> 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 now i'll move on to number nine All right. this one is the nine tailors by dorothy sayers never heard of now that. i could not pick a dorothy sayers book like there's a lot of them that I've read. Basically, they're kind of um they're mis- they're like mystery novels similar to like um what's it called Sherlock Holmes or mm. something. Um she Is also it... does a version of the screw tape letters. <clears throat> of the screw tape letters no, or like That could this... be right. What am I thinking of? Uh what's it called? <laughs> the Divine Comedy. Dante. Dante? Yeah, she does a she does a like a translation, translation of, it? of it. Oh, okay. I didn't mean the screw tape. <clears throat> okay. Um, I would put them in at least <clears throat> the same tier, however. Okay. I might put three different letters above. Like, sorry, anyway, so um, this is one I picked because I remember it the most. Mm. <laughs> but I have read a few of them. My dad really likes them. He introduced me to her. Is she the one that has the bunter that the dog was named after? I think so. No, that's in Sherlock Holmes. No. Mr. Bunter, the butler? No, it's not. Hmm. I don't know. I can't, I don't think it's on this one. Okay, sorry. But maybe. Does she use the same, is it like an Agatha Christie where she uses like the same cast? Or is it like a brand new cast of characters each book? I'm pretty sure it's brand new. Okay. Except, yeah. It's at least in different settings, like totally different settings each time. Okay. But again, this is the one I remember the most. It's called The Nine Tailors and it's, they have like the nine bells Mm. in their like town. And I think it's the bell person that rings the bells ends up getting murdered and all this kind of stuff mm. it's good wait she's a really all, good writer there are nine bells that ring like on the hour the nine tailors i don't remember you know i, I have a horrible memory the one reading or ringing the bells the, i don't it's not like a coat tailor it's not like that it's like you know i don't know 
I have a horrible memory. Okay. So it's terrible. Yeah, stop. Sorry. (laughs) But it's, I remember how uh, much, I don't know. I can, I mean, I know once I, someone said something, I'd be like, yes, that's, I remember it. Oh, so it is, oh, it is Lord Peter Whimsey and Mr. Bunter. So Lord Peter Whimsey is her, is the main guy and he's in all the books. So he's like the The, detective? Like Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. But it's in different towns and settings. So, yeah. And Mr. Bunter is his. Butler. Indeed. Gotcha. It revolves around a group of bell ringers at the local parish church. It's been described as her finest literary achievement. Hmm. Yes, so he stranded in a car accident. Lord Peter Whimsey helps ring a nine-hour peal on the church bells after someone is struck down with influenza. Yes, yes, yes. There's, like, influenza that's going through the town. And then people keep dying, but it's actually a murder and stuff. So is the murderer using, like, influenza to kill people? Or is there, no, I'm serious. Is influenza actually just there coincidentally? I think it's coincidental. Okay. It's good. I think it's just one of those things where it's, like, it's hard to remember because in mystery novels, like, there's so many little details and so many little, like, you think it's this person, then you think it's this person. So, honestly, I don't remember who it was because it's just, like, you... That's part of the detectiveness, so mm-hmm. I would love to read it again. It was fun because it was one that was really old. My dad's that was really old, and it was like falling apart and like mm. kind of that yellowy paper and mm-hmm. stuff. So you felt really like cool you, like, when you're reading. Turn the yeah, page it's and like you kind of, like make sure you didn't. Like, okay, that one's gone because yeah. <laughs> it's like, crumbles. This is the last time you were reading this book. <laughs> so that's my num- that's my number nine. Uh, cool. I recommend. It's fun. It's a fun little uh, winter like book with coffee i don't know it's just yeah i like it there's something about when you read british books it reminds me of cold and Mm -hmm. coziness have you read much agatha christie agatha christie i haven't have you um i've read i know i watched her the movie and then there were none which is based off of a book of hers called and then there were none i read that one and i think i read one of the other ones with um, she was the one who wrote Murder on the Orient, Orient Express. Gotcha, and gotcha. And all that. I think I might have read one of them with that detective guy, Perot, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. I don't think I really read much. My mom read a bunch of hers. I've only seen the movie of that, but I could see that that would be a great book to read. Mm-hmm. I love it when it, I feel like it just doesn't make you bored. <laughs> that's good. Because it's a detective, you're going along mm-hmm. with them. I think that's fun. Um, the next, I have... The Best Things in Life by Peter Kreef, Kreft. Okay. How do you say that? I don't know. Peter, K-R-E-E-F-T. Kreeft. K-R-E-F-T? K-R-E-E-E-E. Oh. I think it's Kreeft. Kreeft Day. No. You sure? There's no E at the end of it. Well, it's French, right? <laughs> I don't know. So, um, it's called The Best Things in Life. The um, There's a couple of his that I really like, and... Mostly I like it for the writing style because he uses Socrates mm. and the, he uses it, um, it's written like a play. So mm. it's like Socrates colon says a line and mm-hmm. next. And basically it's using him, Socrates, and interacting with different people. Sorry, and I th- that's this book? Indeed. Okay. Um, Socrates never released work of his own. Right. In his whole life. So We only know about him because of the white people read about him. But Peter is a contemporary. He's not like an old. Okay. Um. He's not like in Plato or Aristotle. He's a contemporary writer that used Socrates to explain and delve into big questions. So there's one called like the unaborted Socrates that actually talks about 
abortion and different stuff with like mm-hmm. Hughes's um, doctors and and fam- and different people. This one is about the best things in life. Um, so they talk about love, money, difference, whatever, and they just kind of hash it out. Mm-hmm. And Socrates um, does that with different characters in the the book, but there isn't. It's not really a story. It's literally just like conversation, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. There's no like no really any descriptive descriptiveness of like where they are. I think actually maybe like a tiny bit, but that's not the point of it. It's the mm-hmm. point of so I I love the writing style. So just because it's just you're just reading a conversation, basically a written a podcast. Yeah, Socrates it's fun. Mm. But it, he uses um, similar to like how Plato and and Aristotle use Socrates's language language and wording Peter also mm. does that you're on a first name basis with this guy well I can't pronounce his last name so that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the number eight cool are you ready for number seven yes I'm okay can you guess seven. really quick before uh we move forward I've been listening to more podcasts recently yeah um and do you listen to many podcasts mm. with any regularly regular no team? not at all okay you don't like <laughs> okay cool um, one thing I've noticed with a few shows is when, when they're like, oh, I have this story. And then it's like two of them hosting. It's like, yeah. I have this story. Tell me. And then one of them responded with that. And it's just like, okay, are you ready for sudden touch? I'm so excited for you to tell the story. And they have these <laughs> random, like that. And I just think like, if, if this were anywhere but a podcast, I wouldn't enjoy talking to this person because <laughs> they are just a little too excited and throwing in random interjections that don't need to be there. Do anyway. they seem like they've been recorded beforehand and they just <laughs> Maybe. pop them on? <laughs> Maybe are you ready? a bunch of like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. So excited. Yeah. So, okay, sorry. So what was this, number seven? Number seven. Is it Plato's Republic? It is not. Is it Anna Green Gables? No. It's called 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Oh, wow. Um, the guy is so... this whole thing? Yeah, it's only the 12 rules, not the big one. I started the big Wait, one. Wait, you just read the 12 rules? It's 12 Rules for Life book. It's still like 400 pages long. Is it? It's pretty long. Yeah, what well, was it? I tried reading his other one first, but that was like That's the like unedited version. Yeah. So I decided to go with this one. Yeah. He's such a succinct writer. <laughs> no? His 12 rules. It's like bam, bam, bam. The rules themselves, yeah. Okay. But I feel like... Yeah. Sorry. I going. guess you're right. Maybe it's just the rules themselves. But he tells... I don't know. The reason I like him is his use of... He's smart. He has big words. He has a big vocabulary. He ties that in with stories and examples. Mm-hmm. So you trust him because you can tell he knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. in his experience and he's confident in that. But then he also isn't going to be like holding that. He's still going to use things that our brains grasp. Right. Inside, like in our, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really like that about him. Mm-hmm. And the twelve rules. I mean, they're just interesting. They're things like I I've tried reading books like that type of thing before, but it's so vague. It's like what like I don't know. Drink more water and get like some get eight books. hours of sleep. Well, I don't think and it's I like okay. Peterson's a far cry from self help. Of course, like but I think he his... could follow. He could put right. his book in that category. That's uh, yeah. Right, right. I get what you're saying. But he's still but and and because of that, this is such a deeper. And I guess that's where I was going. Right. Was like, it's such a deeper understanding of humans and and, and our experiences. And it's not necessarily like, now here's what you do. It's kind of just like, this is what is. Do with what what you will. Right. And I think that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, I think it's either like he falls somewhere between self-help and philosophy <laughs> in self-help is normally, yeah, it's like you get a headache sometimes, drink water, that'll help, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like either it's like really simple and then there's like philosophy on the other side, which is just kind of like, let's just explore these big ideas. Without really getting conclusions. Really. Right. Which has benefit. I mean, you, and you've talked I mean, about like how it. like you, you read, you read Socrates and Plato and Aristotle just to hear their thought process and mm-hmm. understand the way that they reason things and all that. Indeed. Well, not just, but that's a big reason. Yeah. I think Jordan Peterson kind of falls between the two yeah. of like, here's what's going on in life right now. And this is what the archetype of humanity is. And here are here's what huge you can do in that you deal with as people and those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. here's what you can do to right. put that into your life. Mm-hmm. Take, it's a lot about taking control and ownership. Yeah. Keep your head up with your shoulders back. Yep. That's one of my favorite ones. So I think, yeah, he's a good writer. Yep. So that's number seven. It's a good one. Cool. Yep. Moving on to number six. Anna Green Gables? Nope. Is Anna Green Gables on the list at all? You'll have to wait and see. It is, isn't it? It's like number two. It's number three. I'm going to guess it's number three right now. Keep going. Okay. Anthem by Ayn Rand. Ooh. Yes. It's a very short book. So if anyone's looking for a short little thing. This is a fiction too, right? Indeed. Okay. It's a dystopian novel. Yeah. You like... I'm seeing a trend. Which Keep is going. negative. <laughs> it feels so negative when I say it. I'm like, this is kind of a negative life. But mm-hmm. it, it just, ref- it's so interesting to me. So this is set up in a, takes place in a city that um, has come up with its own rules. So like where it, it, it controls everything, where you work, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how you grow up, what school, mm-hmm. like all these different things. Kind of sounds like America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, this is, like, really, really exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, Not for much longer. Don't worry. We'll catch up. <laughs> and it follows his character. He ends up falling in love with this girl, but they can't, like, what, where does it go? I have, so like, they fall in love and they get married and they live happily no. ever after? Well, oh. after they, he figures out a way to, like, um, steal these books. Books is a huge, it's a huge thing to, like not have um he goes underground and builds this thing to like study these different things and like oh idea and oh yeah this is the book i get my dystopian novels <laughs> um that they can't use the word like me or i it's always like plural like mm. us and we i think it's i hope i'm quoting this right mm-hmm. pretty sure it's this one um interesting it's like individualism in that sense, is they're just number like, like they, yeah. He doesn't yeah. have a name. He's just numbered. Like everyone has a number, um, but he ends up. This is kind of spoilers, also on this one. Okay, spoilers for Anthem by Henry. <laughs> well, we can always cut it. Um, he ends up running away from, oops, running away from the community like the with the, the girl and uh. stuff to find up this house. Like, and yeah, it's kind of a. It's really amazing. I, I really recommend. Again, the writing. It just grasps you. I don't know what it is. I should go into that. Like, mm-hmm. what makes this make me want to read it? Is it the story? Mm-hmm. Is it the characters? Is it the way that's being written? Because you're not seeing the author come through necessarily. But, yeah. Maybe they are, but you just can't. You don't, you don't see don't the know author them. as, like, a character? Right. Like you do in some books? Interesting. But it's so, it just hold, grabs hold. Um. And, yeah, this was, again, one of the first, like, dystopian that I had read. Actually, 
think it might have been either this or Animal Farm, but I can't remember. Is Animal Farm on your list? It's actually it's not. Uh, <laughs> that's too. I mean, again, very good book. Just a little. That's too a little too hard to watch. Novels. Or to read sometimes because it's just yeah. like makes you angry sometimes. But yeah, this one I really liked because of it's so. Uh, it plays with your emotion of the character, with like, oh, he's in love, and he wants, mm-hmm. and then, but then it's also, uh, a a novel that set place in like, if the world was going this way, this is where it would be. So it mm-hmm. takes on that like, thoughtful side of your brain right. that's thinking about that, but it's also just a good story. Mm-hmm. So, I like it. Cool. Okay. You told me to read that before. Yeah. Well, it's just, I feel like it's a good, pe- if people want to, like, oh, I don't know if I like dystopian novels, check this yeah. one out because it's so short. I should look up how many pages. Is it shorter than Animal Farm? I think so. It's thinner and, yeah, I'm pretty sure. On the way back from one of our visits down here to Nashville at one point, on the way home, uh, I started reading 1984. I only got like three chapters in, though. I've started that too. I haven't actually gotten all the way through. I think I'm a cat. Oh, I'll, I'll just read, I just, this just came up and it's a good explanation of this anthem. It tells the story of a society destroyed by collectivism, the philosophy that individuals exist only contribute to the well-being of society. Mm. 52 pages. That's it? Yeah. Oh. So, Wait. well. 102. People, how big are your books? Because, yeah, so it's I has disappeared disappeared from the language and uh, that they have mm-hmm. and it's about him being like it always starts uh, yeah it's about him being like um this is not w- right something isn't right so mm-hmm. it's so interesting i just love seeing characters like that because um you're like yes like this isn't right but then mm-hmm. they second guess and it's like no it, yeah you just want to yeah it's really good i would wonder what a movie would be like of it probably that mm. You have to do it well. But I could see that being a really cool movie. Yeah. Should we move on? Sure, I guess. I also like that name, Anthem. I like that. Number five, we have the well-known, the well-loved, The Hobbit. Oh. (laughs) By J.R.R. Tolkien. Did you know that J.R.R. stands, or is, do you know what his full name is? No. Jolkian, Rolkian, Rolkian, Jolkian. (laughs) Good one. Thanks. Do you know what his name is? I didn't make it up. What? What does it stand for? John Ronald Rule. Do you know Duh. what C.S. Lewis stands for? <laughs> Clyde's, Clive Staples. There you go. Good job. <laughs> Sorry. Clive Staples Lewis. And his friends called him Jack. I know. I think that's fun. Sorry. Keep going. Jack. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. That's number five? Yep. It's a, well, it's a well-written so adventure good. story. So there you go. I've read The Lord of the Rings as well. Um, some good characters in that. Aragorn. The Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, you about to diss Lord of the Rings? Sorry, keep no. going. Sorry, keep going. I'm saying there are some good characters. Right. I enjoy reading The Hobbit more. The Hobbit's a lot easier to pick up and read. It is. Yeah. And it's also such a straightforward adventures tale. Yeah. That it's just I love. It's so good. The The Lord of the Rings isn't quite like that, which is fine. Well, the adventure is just way more complex and, and the stakes are so really much higher long. And this, yeah, I just the love how, like, involved. this is the yeah. Hobbit. He's the protagonist. So, yeah, it's the Hobbit. That's so good. And what do you like about the Hobbit? Like, you've read that multiple times now, right? A couple, maybe. Yeah. When, how old? Did you read it on your own? 
Mm-hmm. See, this will be this is gonna be different. I've never really read books with my whole family. That's gonna that's gonna be a difference when I do mine because the majority of of the books I read growing up were read to me by mm. either of my parents, and I've only read a few books on my own that would probably make the list. Like bigger books, and like yeah, right. That right. W- that are like ones that I read completely on my own. Well, in one way, I think that's kind of cool because I think you probably got those things read to you at a younger age. Right. So like the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, I've pretty much always known. Or at least your brothers and sisters were being read to, or read it or. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry. So do you remember like how old you were the first time you read the Hobbit? Middle school, like sixth, seventh grade. Okay. That's a pretty good age. Maybe a little older. Can't remember. I don't. I don't remember. I would say that would be it. Is I remember having like, just writing about the characters and different stuff. It's mm-hmm. pretty fun. Can what you else? pinpoint at all what it is you like about it? Well, I kind of. I think it's the it's that straightforward, adventure, tale that is just so fun, and. Mean purposeful and um. I hadn't read, I mean, there's just not really much like it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot that's tried to be like it since then. Yeah. And I feel like there were stakes to it where you were sad at times and lonely for him. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, you can do it. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of stories where a primary conflict to the main protagonist is just missing home. I know. There aren't a lot of those stories where that is like. Which I feel like at any age of your life, you can really. Yeah. Because sometimes missing home when you're a kid is like you miss your mom or your dad or something when they're. And, but then now it's like actually physically missing home because Mm -hmm. you're not in it. So I just think that, yeah, it's relatable in that sense. I don't think it's needs, it's trying to be relatable. That's not the point, but. Not necessarily. It plays to the human. Right. Feelings and stuff. But yeah, you're right. That's interesting. I like how um, tough they are with him. Yeah. And you're like, that's a little rough. I wouldn't do that. But the dwarves and Gandalf don't, like, they know that it's good for him. And the dwarves are also, like, 400 years old. Or and don't really care and too much. Have, yeah. Are trying to retrieve this ancient treasure from, yeah. yeah. A little selfish. Gandalf is a good, yes. good wizard. Do you have a favorite character in The Hobbit? I mean, I don't know. Bilbo's mine. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe that's too... That's fine. Okay. No, too. I mean, he's, he's a titular character. I mean, so. I think Gandalf is like an extraordinary um, written character. Yeah. Like, he's the perfect amount of, um, like, leader that Bilbo needs, but also friend. Mm-hmm. And so... I, you know, he's just well done. Yeah. So, well done. Well done. Anything else? You did it, Tolkien. Good job. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. Number four. Anne of Green Gables. Oh, I was one off. By Lucy Maud Montgomery. Um, yeah, I love this book. I've read the other ones. There's like two after this. I think there's like six. There's like a trilogy that I've There's read. There's Anne Gables, Anne of Emily, other one Anne, and then I think there's like three more, aren't there? Oh, I only read the three. But then. yeah, the, th- main, the main three are the ones. But this one I like the most. I really love the setups of trilogies as well, or just anything. So that's why I really liked it also. 
I've read it a couple times. I, I've tried to read it again, and it doesn't hold the same, like, um, spark and excitement of when I read it when I was, like, 10. So I don't really want to read it again, unless it was, like, to, to other kids or mm -hmm. something. Um, but I really loved it when I read it. Um, and is, I think most people know this book, but mm -hmm. she's such a dramatic and extravagant and I think you know I wasn't like very loud child or really like super dramatic or something um so I feel like I kind of lived through her vicariously through the book mm -hmm. and that was a lot of fun what are you looking for I'm just looking at the um the different books so there's Anna Green Gables Anne of Avonlea mm -hmm. Anne of the Island are those the three that you read or was it Anne's House of Dreams? Anne's House of Dreams. That's the other one I know. So that's so, she must have done like a chronological thing. Because Anne of Avonlea was like when she was in school and like a teacher. Right. And then Anne's House of Dreams was when she was married and had a baby. And that's when like the war's going on, right? I don't remember that. Okay. But possibly. But yeah, so I think she wrote it slightly out of order. She wrote Anne of Green Gables, Anne of Avonlea, Anne of the Island, and then a couple years later wrote Anne's House of Dreams. And then wrote Anne of the Windy Poplars, which takes place between three and four, and then mm. Anne of Ingleside. Huh. Sorry. That's all. I didn't know that. I started the second one, and I didn't like it as much as the first one. Yeah, it doesn't so. hold the same charm. No. Not quite. She's older. Well, I just don't like her as much. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I love this book. When I think it's just lovely. Did you ever see the movie version from, like, the 90s? I've seen a couple, so probably. There's one movie version from the 90s, and the guy who plays Gilbert... Every homeschool mom <laughs> loved Gilbert because she, they were just like, that is the kind of guy they wanted their daughter to end up with. Every mother wanted their daughter to be Anne Shirley and wanted her to end up with a guy like Gilbert. Yeah. And then a few like years Gilbert ago, the actor who played him passed away. And my mom, <laughs> I don't know if she herself posted, but she saw so many like homeschool moms post on Facebook that are, you know, like some headline saying that and just saying, you know, it's so sad. Did was, your mom feel the same way? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. She was like, oh, and I was like, you know, Hannah is like 28. <laughs> and it's married. <laughs> and, well, at that point she wasn't. Oh. Anyway. No, I know. Gilbert was Gilbert's definitely such a like, good character. He's so, yeah. I love how and he's just like. just perfect like sereneness for her craziness. He's so, and he's like obnoxious to her at first. I think he I fully, it's totally justified for her to smack him over the head with her <laughs> slate. But then as soon as he knows, like, uh-oh, he's so, like, apologetic and understanding <laughs> and wants to be friends with her and wants I to make that, it right. I love that, yeah. She's, like, in the river and he... Oh, and she he ref she refuses to get in the yeah. boat? <laughs> he's like, dude. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, anyway. Yeah. That's a good... That's we should. So well, I want to watch that movie again. That was a good movie. I watched it. It was several years ago already, but really Yeah, it's it. been a while for me, It's a well-known film. Part of me is like I have such visions of what it was and what it is in my head that I just feel like no movie can really ever get. It's like one of those books because, mm -hmm. yeah. They make her older in the movie. She's eleven in the book, and she's like yeah. I think of her as like nine or something in the yeah. book, like just little. Well, she's nine. She's, nine she's, they do 11. say she's eleven. Okay. So you're picturing it wrong. Stop. Sorry. I think I I read it also at that age, mm -hmm. so it just fit perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then Diana was Diana. Diana. Yeah. Is it Diana? It's either Diana. I think it's Diana. Anne and Diana. Anne and Diana. Yeah, Diana. Yeah. Princess Diana. Yeah. Right. Anne Shirley and Diana Ross. Yeah. She's friends with the R&B singer from the 70s. <laughs> I love their 
relationship too because she yeah it's just did so you relate more to Anne or Diana I think I've I think I, well kind of depends I guess you wanted to I related to, to Anne's like mindset of things but mm-hmm. the actions I related to of Diane I wasn't as like yeah. uh outgoing or out uh mm-hmm. yeah but I think I thought like I think I related to Anne more because of that but I didn't mm-hmm. It's a good book. Very good. So you're saying Anna Green Gables the first book or Anna Green Gables the series? The first book. Okay. So, yeah, title. Okay. So that's what's number four. That's a good one. We're going right up the list. Um, now we're going to number three. And is it Mere Christianity? It is not. <sighs> okay. It is um, Plato's Republic. Oh, really? That's three? Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. I'm not good at guessing books. That's okay. As much as... But yeah, you did right. get that I was going to say it, yeah. but I also have mentioned this pretty much every day. So Yeah, this no. is a pretty common um, common thing. Most people know who Plato is, old philosopher guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Republic is his, I think we've even talked about this recently. I think just in the last yeah. episode we, you mentioned it, yeah. But he creates a world to um, help come to a conclusion of what justice is, so he talks about this whole big world that he creates now i've tried reading this again recently and it's long so i've only gotten a little bit in but i did read it all the way through once um i think it was on the list um of books i wanted to read for school like i had it for school mm-hmm. um it was assigned to you or you just wanted to read it for well school? it was i guess it was technically assigned but it mm. we created that reading list together with my parents you oh, know okay i'm trying to i don't think it was like when i was in a class it for it mm-hmm. maybe it was i honestly don't remember i've read a couple of different his, his plato books but this one's my favorite um there's not much to be said uh philosophy is really intriguing to me mostly the ways of coming to different conclusions like we've talked about and just using creative the creative side of your brain of like storytelling with fundamental like logic type things Mm -hmm. with certain things like i was um i think philosophy can become a religion for people Mm -hmm. because there is no faith really based on it Um, it's all based on your own intellect and your own understanding and i don't want to ever fall into that but i still think it's really valuable to learn because Mm -hmm. i feel like it's a great way of articulating certain things and i think we can i think you can come to like divine things right through philosophy so but i'm just saying there is that one that one road you could go down to of like making it your religion that i don't i don't intend to do but Mm -hmm. i still find it really like important and i think because it is so uh, like i haven't i've read a bit of philosophy but i definitely haven't read all you know i don't know right so but it's intriguing to me to like learn about the different people and just i think when i think of philosophy sometimes at the beginning, it was like one thing and one idea. Right. But there's a lot of philosophers who, who think of things differently. And some of them are just slightly different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, like what is it? Plato um, discussing from the small, like the fir- the question to the, and co- going outward where Aristotle mm-hmm. is the opposite. That's not like a huge difference, but it cre- it creates a huge different, hugely different way of talking about of things. Yeah. 
and that's like off of one little thing. Right. And those two and that's learned from each other. Yeah, because so. they were like had those conversations together. So Plato was the, is of the approach of like, okay, so we've established this aspect. Mm-hmm. So now let's let's grow out from there and establish this next aspect and yeah. keep building on that. Whereas Aristotle is like. Here's the, the thesis. Vague. Let's whittle this down and try and figure out what are the specifics within Yeah, that. and in some way, it's like, yeah, they're looking for the same thing, Which but it's really such a different thing. Which is really interesting. Last week in the podcast, we were kind of, I think I'm a bit more, well, I mean, how we, we were talking about, like, is art subjective or objective? And you started with, like, okay, well, let's define art. And it's right. like, okay, so we're talking about art, sub- subjectivity, and objectivity. And there's, like, the three concepts we're talking about. Right. So we have to start with just defining one of them. Yeah. And we delved in, and that was pretty much the majority of it was just defining what is this thing mm-hmm. which is interesting it is interesting sorry yeah i have only read i haven't i've read a little bit of aristotle like the actual writing but most okay. of plato i've just read his specific concepts and ideas right like i think that the that's a lot of cave or whatever yeah, yeah. i just know like well, oh, i've heard that concept explained i don't remember if i i think i have a book that's like some of plato's works mm. and that had the allegory of the cave like snippet in it mm-hmm. Because um, I don't know what that is originally, the original work is from. Because it's and not a whole me, book. No, and it's, I don't think it's it like, just, I, it's not, I don't think he's not create. it's not the same as his Republic. It's not like, no, it's well, not. I guess I'm not entirely sure how he writes it, but like how I've heard it explained, I feel like I understand it yeah. pretty fully. Yeah, the allegory, it's it's short in sense. Right. The Republic is like a huge book that goes mm-hmm. through crazy amounts. I want to read it again, but it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's hard to like recommend things to people because like if you don't really like philosophy, like you're going to have a really hard time getting through that because it's not an you easy read. You only got read. so much time in your day. Um, yeah. But it's definitely fun to just delve into that different types of mindsets. Mm-hmm. So cool. Anything else about that? I mean, I haven't read it. So okay. no, I mean, I, I like... I like talking to you about this because you are you, you say, well, I read in such and such book this, and I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any actual support to back up this idea. I just think this thing. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So now we're moving on to number two. Is we're almost there. Is it Girl? It's not. It's is a it, C.S. Lewis book. Oh, is it the manual for the uh, microwave? No. Is it Mere Christianity? It's not. Oh, hang on. Is this Crude No. Okay, hang on. Is it Great Divorce? No. I don't know if you heard of this one. Is it Till We Have Faces? Yes. It is Till We Have Faces. Live. Such an interesting book. It I don't think follows I've read this a sister. One. Um, well, there's there's two sisters. <laughs> follows one of them, or a wall. Or, or you or you all. I can never pronounce it. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were saying sisters. Like, there's a sister, and that implies that there is a sibling to the sister. But then no. you said, well, sisters. Or, or a wall. And then you said... There's always one of them. I this is what I thought you said was there's always one of them, meaning another sister or a wall. And I was like, wait, there's either a sister or a wall, so you can be sis- like, oh yeah, this is my sister. I am a wall, and she's oh my, my sister. I didn't understand that. Sorry. Till we have phases, C.S. Lewis. Yes. Um, I'm always looking for good O names, and this one has one in it. Is that just because your name starts with O? Yeah. Okay. It's it's. Ori, Ori Wall, Ori Wall. I don't know. It's O R U A L. So that's, that's, okay. <laughs> um, that's one of those. The, so they're both prince. So can I? What? Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. You want to go? No. Okay. Um. So it follows these two sisters. Ori Wall, Psyche is her younger sister. Um. It kind of it's centered in this like, f- fictional ancient. It, it's called the Gloam. 
is their mm-hmm. is their country or city or whatever. Okay. Um. It's it's packed full of things that I still don't understand, and I think that's part of why it's intriguing to me. Um. It kind of delves into what is love and what is self sacrifice and what is like selfishness and just all these different things that this character goes through because Psyche is like the most beautiful. She ends up getting sacrificed mm. for um there's like the sickness that's going around and like the uh I forget what they're called. What do they call him in this? Oh, they have the the house of Ungit because that's the god they worship. Mm. And basically the head of that, what is his name? What is what do they call him? I don't know. But the okay. head of that whatever says like we must sacrifice Psyche or something because mm-hmm. she's holds she's like would touch people or like help heal people because she's so beautiful. I don't think she actually healed them, mm. but um, that type of thing. She ends up uh, being sacrificed on top of a mountain, but the gods save her, but no one believes, like, or, well, like, everyone thinks that she just was killed because it was just, she was, her, um, she was gone from the tree, like, that they mm. tied her to or something up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and then, Orwell doesn't like is she selfish about that she wants psyche all because she she's like the only beautiful thing and and she's her younger sister after her mm. mom died and she kind of took care of her they have this um teacher they call him mr the fox mm. he's like from a different area so he's like a native or not a native to to where they live mm-hmm. um and he teaches them different languages and philosophy and writing and all that anyway it's a really interesting book um, but it just kind of, it discovers what the love is and, and what kind of Orwell, like figuring out what she's made for. Cause everyone's always like, she's very ugly and different things. Mm-hmm. And then also just not worth a lot, but then she ends up working her father's like writing, like in his, um, and, and ends up even ruling Eric becoming the ruler of the kingdom, I believe. So anyway. It's a good, good, good book. I don't really read a lot of, um, I guess The Hobbit would be like a different world. Where it's completely like, I guess a lot of these have been. I guess yeah. Still, it's just, uh, yeah. Um, Normally they're fictional to exemplify. I guess most of these are, so that's uh, not a really good. Sorry. Well, I mean, I think it's like they're, like we were talking about with, with earlier, a lot like the dystopian novels are, create this fictional world for the purpose of exemplifying a philosophical or cultural idea right. or something. This is more... Whereas C.S. Lewis kind of does a similar thing with some of his stuff to exemplify a more theological idea. Yes, yes. Which I think is pretty much the same. Which is just... In a I way, love... the same concept, just using exemplifying different things. Yeah. He's a great writer. He but is. he's def- this is definitely my favorite by him. Really? Mm-hmm. You should read Have you read anything of his you dislike? Or that just hasn't grabbed you? I don't think so. You read Mere Christianity? Yeah. I think we read that in like a book club. Mm. What, what, I don't know. It was one. I have not read The Great Divorce yet. You haven't? I still want to. And I haven't read that one that's like the... That one's so... What's the one where they're in space? The space trilogy? Yeah. Space. I haven't read, I've only heard... I think we listened... That was one we would listen to as a family and I was like only the first half of the first book. Really. Mm. Yeah, that one's Which great. again, yeah. But this one, I think it's just the way, the era, the uh, type of story. It's like a fictional Greece or something like that. Type of thing, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's kind of cool. 
um see i like a lot of this stuff because it's it's contemporary but like a fictional version of contemporary Mm. like the great divorce takes place when he was writing it but then they all get on this bus and start going to heaven and that's like the plot or the space trilogy is like takes place then and then all of a sudden they get in a spaceship and go to mars and meet the aliens and then yeah i think that does not saying that that was that's bad and that i wouldn't like it but that type of thing isn't the type of thing that I grab onto for some reason. I think I like, I primarily like settings and characters. Those are the things I naturally gravitate towards. Me too, but I think I like it to be consistent within the world or something. To like oh, all of a so sudden. You like, a, like a purposeful juxtaposition for like. Yeah. He's not saying that, he's that I wouldn't about, read it. See, there's something but, about like they're in space and they're also talking about like the Sunday paper and stuff like that. That I think it is like. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's so funny to that, me. I think it's such, I think yeah. he's such a, such a funny writer. <laughs> yeah. I think the screw tape letters is for those of you that don't know i think i talked about it a little bit before but mm-hmm. screwed up letters is about the it's basically i've described it before as a it's like an exploration of what sin is but from the devil's perspective mm-hmm. not from a virtuous perspective so it's basically this <laughs> like uh this mentor demon screw tape writing to his nephew wormwood which is why part of why i listened to dear wormwood by the oh hellos was because it was based off of this book um from the other perspective but um where was I going with this? Oh, so it's like, it's it's this, it's a book about this devil teaching his nephew about how to get people to sin and how to go against God, hmm. which is like, it's like a dark subject matter in a certain way, but yeah. it's it's so funny. It's so well written. I feel like it makes you feel how silly we are. Right, yeah. Like, and makes you realize how just, oh, in a way, okay, I'm going to say this and I, I hope people take it in the right way. Maybe I'll preface it with this. <clears throat> like, sin is a terrible thing that we, we shouldn't pursue in any way and, and should reject and, and walk in righteousness. But so much of this book is going, the majority of sin is just so tiny and insignificant in a way, but you just accept it and become mm. complacent with it and apathetic towards those tiny, tiny, tiny little sins. Like one of the things <clears throat> that he talks about in one of the earlier chapters is basically just, basically it's don't tempt him to sin by giant, huge, go murder this person. You know, mm. it's, it's let him pray, but while he's praying, remind him of how annoying his mother is or something like that. Let him build up grudges mm. towards people and just, just slightly nudge him away from praying or whatever. And I just think that's exactly how sin works in our lives. Yeah, is, it's not like you're these teensy by little it. things. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they just keep piling on top of each other over and over and over again until you become completely complacent with it. Mm. So then all of a sudden it is like, yeah, I might as well do this bigger sin. That's interesting. And now we're getting into like, what, what is a tier list of sin or whatever? And that's a different discussion entirely. Sorry, I went off on screw tape. No, it's okay. But till we have faces. Yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend. I think okay. it's so interesting. I think it's still, like, I still don't understand everything. I don't read, uh, like, synopsises of things either, really. Too when you much. say you don't understand, sorry, I'll let you finish. I don't uh, understand. It's so deep. It's so full. And I can kind of get, like, oh, it's probably about her, like, uh, realizing what love is and what love is to her sister and to her family and country and what is truth and different things but it's like what did he is what was he like i know there's something i feel like there's something mm. bigger here because it's such an interest it's it's how does one person think of this whole 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 thing and this whole story and this whole thing i've never ever read anything like 
it's like what yeah so, so maybe you, it's not that i don't understand but it's just more like uh you feel like there's symbolism or metaphors that are going on that you don't understand the maybe yet reality of? maybe i just haven't taken the time to oh. like read it and thoroughly through through that lens of like it's really interesting i think i read it to start because it was like a book and hmm. i want interesting oh but then now it's like i need to study this as a like a theological piece of work right you know just kind of fun it's very good okay should we move on to number one sure this one is actually one of the last books like uh i ripped <laughs> it's been a little bit what what is it called it's called the wild birds of kilivi ah. by rosa mulholland really yes this is your favorite book right now? Yeah, it's so wow. good. I don't know. After talking about Toby of Faces, I kind of want to bump that one up. But, uh. <laughs> but this is, no, this is a good, good book. It's purely fiction. Like, there's nothing, there's no underlying philosophical uh, truths trying to come up through it or anything. In a way. You read this I mean, like a year or two ago, didn't you? Mm-hmm. It's pretty recent. I found it at my aunt and uncle's house and took it. I gave it back. <laughs> But um, they got it because her mom went to Ireland, I think. Who's mom? Ellen's mom? Or maybe. I don't know where they got the book. But they just found it because it's Mulholland. Is, Mulholland is. Um, why do I say it like that? I don't know. Mulholland. Mulholland is my my mom's and maiden name. So mm-hmm. my uncle's. Are you going to say my mom's and dad's maiden name? No. <laughs> That would be weird. That would be weird. We don't live in Utah. Yeah. Also, men typically don't have maiden names. But keep going. <laughs> um, it's about this little girl, and um, she grows up in Ireland, I believe. And mm-hmm. this other uh, guy ends up taking care of her. That sounds weird. I think there's something. It's kind of like a big brother th- Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she ends up... Um, running away with gypsies or something, or gets taken by them, um, and kind of follows his search for her, mm. and, like, the different, like, places that he goes. So that's, like, the main action of the book? Mm-hmm. I haven't really, I've heard you just I mean, it goes like back the... to her, like, life. It kind of goes, jumps back right. and forth, but it's mainly from his. I've heard you describe this book a lot, but it's mainly, like, specific settings and things like that, and it's not, so like, the actual plot of it. Mm, keep going. Uh, the, um, yeah, it kind of follows him, and then they find each other. It's one of those things, and it's, I don't know if this sounds weird, but it's, like, their love for each other is so great, because they end up, like, getting, like, living, like, I think they end up living together. Their love is so great that it's more than just, uh, sounds weird, I'm just gonna say it. It's greater than, are they, is it, like, a brother, sister, is it, like, a husband, wife? It's mm-hmm. just pure love for each other. That, they mm-hmm. don't really, like, go into that part. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because they just care. And I don't know if that's, yeah. I right. don't know if that sounds weird if we kind of get what I'm saying. But I thought that was really beautiful. Well, since you brought up Utah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a good, it's just a good story of, of finding and searching. And uh, yeah, he's looking for her. We know where she's at and that she's safe doing whatever because it jumps back and forth. But he doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's full of a lot of wonder. I feel like she is, she's that character where she's the wonder, the child that sees everything and, and is mm-hmm. c- 
clear-eyed and imaginative and, and positive and you know that picture and right. he's so over like it's just the most beautiful thing that he's ever seen mm-hmm. and uh witnessed and stuff so yeah i should read it and then you see her kind of like get thrown into the world too mm-hmm. in a sense and it's like does she keep that will she keep that she has an mu- amazing singing voice mm. um I, oh i have a screenshot i should find it of i don't know if this might take a minute yes this is here's a quote and um this is like the it's a blessing that one of the priests is that what you call them what call what like a pastor but not a priest i mean a priest is another yeah. type of did they go around spiritual watching? leader yeah okay i think it was like a priest um describing the girl okay he says it is the voice of a bird he said untrammeled and untamed may she always be content with the mountain nest the audience of nature the arena of heaven god take care of thee wild bird of Kalevi. i always pronounced it Kilivi, but i'm pretty sure it's Kalevi. So mm. that's fine um every time you talk about it i think of the secret of Roninish. yeah t- has that type of like i mean there it's in ireland mm-hmm. and it has that type of and there's like this kind of magical that's not really i know not really named and just, but just wild kind of, and yeah everything so it's my top cool so that's my 10 10 top books we got through them nice job you feel good about it yeah i recommend them all i think they're Rock fun on. i think my top 10 will just be the secret uh a series of unfortunate events just all of them. just just I'll have to, to cut three of them because there's 13. I was also trying, like, there are, you know, some of Aristotle's works and some of mm-hmm. different Plato and, and some different Dorothy Sayers and different things, but I tried to pick, like, my favorites of the different authors so I didn't mm. repeat anything. Interesting. Because I wanted to get a taste of, like, okay, a few dystopian, a few mm-hmm. philosophical, a few fiction, a few. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't try to, like, lie with my top ten either, but. Good. Um. Because you know how we feel about the integrity of people's Yeah, come on, people don't lie. You didn't have any, like, Kenny G's autobiography <laughs> in your top ten? No, that's good. No. You didn't have any biographies. Do you like biographies in any way? Or, like, memoirs or anything like that? No. I mean, I don't think I've read that many. Hmm. You're just not interested in people? I mean, I think I have. I've read, like, facts about people on Google, but not a whole, like, I've hard copy memoir. Why are you getting so aggressive with your tone? I I mean, like, I've read it, like, like the Wikipedia article, but I mean, like, I'm not going to read his memoir. I don't know. I got really defensive. What kind of person do you think I am? Sorry. What's your problem, dude? I don't know why I did that. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Read these books, ladies and gentlemen. Tune next week where we figure out what topic we're going to do. Yeah. It'll be something fun. We have it all planned out and ready to go. We, we do. can't wait. We have the script written. <laughs> Did you guys know that these were all scripted? Yeah, we're really good at like being able to read stuff and then make it seem like we don't know what we're saying. Right. Like even if we have typos, we can still figure out what what we It's upside down. What me was going to say. <laughs> okay. Okay, that wasn't very yeah, funny. That was very funny. That was kind of a dud. Do you have any other good jokes we can go out on like that? This has been Between Takes with Opal Entertainment. I'm Olivia O'Neill, and this is Aiden Driscoll on guitar. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tell your friends, and tune in next week for a brand new episode of... Between Takes. Between Takes.